Financial residency podcasts are brought to you this week by weatherbyhealthcare.com. Just as the right advice helps you thrive financially, the right support team allows you to excel professionally. Weatherby Healthcare's locums experts will match you with the best jobs, prepare you for success, and provide 24-7 support. The bottom line is that working locums with Weatherby helps you earn more money and take better control of your career. If that sounds like music to your ears, head over to weatherbyhealthcare.com payday to get started. Hi, and welcome back to Grand Rounds with Dr. Tammy. Today, I have invited Daniel Wren with Wren Financial back to kind of give us some guidance on whether our investment techniques or habits should change as we possibly move towards a recession. Welcome back to the show, Daniel. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a fun topic right now. I'm sure. I'm sure you get a lot <laughs> of questions about this. Yeah. I was watching the news earlier today, and it seems like most of the pundits are starting to use the R word a little more liberally, kind of indicating that we're probably headed toward a recession in the next 12 months. We're seeing the rising interest rates, we're seeing inflation, we've got issues with supply chains, geopolitical unrest, kind of all of the things that go into driving a recession. Do you have any thoughts on what the next 12 months might bring for us financially? Well, first of all, I have no idea. So we'll get that <laughs> out of the way. Probably. I have learned over the years of doing this that my predictions are wrong half the time, or maybe more, maybe a little more than half the time. I think one suggestion I would throw out is people that make predictions, especially in dicey markets, don't listen to them. You know, especially the media loves to make predictions. Sure. Especially when it gets scary and they'll throw them out all day long. And so the problem with the media is there's not really any accountability you know, they can just throw stuff out. Nobody like follows up on how that well they did on whatever prediction they made. So I've seen stuff where people actually do track their, you know, results. They're the worst at making predictions, you know, most of the time they're wrong. So I have no predictions. I have like general thoughts, of course, on like how things are tracking. Obviously things are not looking great. A lot of it makes a little bit of sense. What's going on is tied to some of the things that are happening in the world. We might already be in a recession. A lot of times what happens is um, all this stuff comes out later on and you realize it was happening before your eyes and you didn't even know it. So that's, you know, think about like, the other thing is people are biased towards thinking they knew what was happening in the moment, <laughs> even <laughs> though they didn't. So, you know, everybody's like, you know, in 2008, that was a really bad housing crisis. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you remember that. And oh, sure. 2008, if you're thinking objectively about it, like in the moment, nobody really knew what was going on. Like nobody knew all the stuff, with, you know, mortgage-backed securities and blah, 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 and all that stuff. The real estate market was hot, but nobody knew what was about to happen, like the bomb explosion. So nowadays people act like they knew what they were talking about, but like at the end of the day, we don't really know how things are going to play out, especially when we look at short periods of time. Obviously things are not going well, like in terms of inflation, at least, and, you know, the start market is going down. But this is a very, very short slice of time. I mean, we can talk more about like how this ties in individual circumstances, but I think what I would stress in regards to like what's going to happen in the short term is embracing this idea that we don't have control and we don't know. It's okay. Like we all are control freaks. Absolutely. Especially physicians. Yeah. So we all want to have control and we want to know what's going on. And you got to kind of let this one go. Like we don't have control, especially short periods of time. 
and it's okay. It's built in. So when we do planning with people, we build in like this assumption that it's going to be really bad at periods of time. It's just going to be unpredictable. So that's the long answer to your question. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no crystal ball. All no right. crystal ball. <laughs> well, if we do move towards more of a economic downtimes, do you typically change your investing advice? Do you move more towards protecting assets <laughs> instead of trying to grow in that period? Or what do you do differently? There are like, of course, always tweaks to make as things change. But I think this time downturns in general are where it's especially important to like lean on your financial plan. So everybody talks about got to have a financial plan. I'm sure you've heard this a million times. I've said it a million times. I don't know how many of you listen and have one. Hopefully most of you do, but like the stats say most of you don't. I mean, it's not the most exciting thing to like write down how you're going to invest on paper. They call it like an investment policy, but that's like part of a good financial plan is like this written policy for how you take care or manage your investments. Even if you do it yourself, you need to have one. If you're having somebody else do it, they're going to have one. Investment policy is key and that's part of a good financial plan. And it's basically going to be like a manual for how you're going to manage things in times of crisis or in good times. So we're leaning on those more than ever, you know, as the market gets shaky, I feel like people start to get a little, especially scared when like things get to like 30% down, which I think we're in that territory right now. So a lot of people we work with are asking questions, but so our financial plans, we're leaning heavily on those. And we very much encourage not changing your financial plan or your investment plan, especially when things get shaky. That's the worst possible time to change it from an investment plan standpoint. I would not change anything. Ideally, you have one. If you don't have one, now is the time to create one. But like that needs to be your guide because it's going to get tempting to be like, I'm going to do something because it's broken. That's what the temptation is inside. Everybody feels is when something's broken, you're going to want to fix it. But like this is the worst time to fix things. You need to like lean on your plan and, you know, stick to that. Now, I mentioned there's some things always to tweak. So for example, a good investment plan has like rebalancing in it. So rebalancing, all you're doing is just like tweaking things to get them back closer to what that plan was. And so rebalancing becomes important when things get shaky, you need to kind of rebalance it back to the targets because the market's going up and down and everything's getting off. Making sure your cash is efficient is becoming more important. So like if you're listening and you're the type that has a lot of cash sitting around, interest rates that banks pay, your average banks, they don't really like to adjust those rates very fast. I work right next door to a bank and I know guys there and they're still paying like 0.2% on their savings accounts. Whereas interest rates are going up. So really savings account rates should be going up too, but these brick and mortar banks don't like to adjust it because they make more money the higher rates go. High yield savings accounts, like online high yield savings accounts, are much better about adjusting interest rates faster. So for example, like the really competitive interest rate banks right now are paying like 3% on cash, whereas the bank next door is paying like 0.3%. So okay. it's like 10X the interest. So if you have a lot of cash, that's like a huge, it's becoming a huge difference. Whereas like year, two years ago, there was not much spread between the two. So like making sure your cash is earning something and really considering like, why do I have so much cash? You know, because cash, the higher inflation goes, you lose value in it. So inflation is basically like the dollar is worth less. 
making sure your dollars are working for you and, you know, having the right amount of cash is also important. So let's say someone did have some cash in the bank. Would this be a time that you would try to time the market? If it's down, would you try and invest in index funds or something that's still reasonably safe? Yeah. So I would always advocate like having the right amount of cash at all times. So if you're taking, you know, our general advice, or if you're like working with us one-on-one, -on -one, if you're following our advice, you're probably not going to have much extra cash because we're always putting it to work. But if you happen to be someone that has extra cash above and beyond what this baseline threshold you need is, then yeah, this is a fantastic time to invest. Or if you got like a windfall or a big bonus comes in, you know, or you sell a business or something like that, or get it, receive an inheritance, like this is a fantastic time to invest buy low, sell high. So if we know the market is way down from what it was six months, a year, two years ago, so that makes it a much better time to invest now than it was, you know, that time. So yeah, I mean, if you have extra cash, it's definitely a good time. And the further it goes down, the better it is. The other thing too, is a lot of people don't realize like young physicians that are saving a bunch, this is actually like a good thing. Like this market downturn is like allowing you to buy at lower prices and you're saving a lot. So you're buying at that lower price. I guess that's something always good to remember too. And like you said, the younger physician, the better, but historically this recessions have always turned around and it's always come yeah. back to a positive you know, number in the future. It's just, if you're at retirement, that maybe this is a little bit more difficult on someone. It will be scarier. I would say like the closer you are to retirement or if you're in retirement, especially early in retirement, once again, like that's why a financial plan is so important because a good financial plan is like looking at most likely scenario, but it also models in like worst case scenarios. So like you're already doing a good planning. You're already thinking about this really bad scenario ahead of time before it happens. And so you've already kind of checked that box to where you're like, okay, well, my plan still works out okay, even if we have a really terrible year right before I retire. You can do that modeling. And that's the goal of it is to help you feel better about even in this bad market we're in. But in the moment, it does get scary no matter where you're at, really. I'm sure. What about, take for example, a W-2 employee, they have access to all of their employer-based tax advantage funds and whatever. Mm. Is there any benefit to starting an S-Corp or an LLC or something along those lines to try and take advantage of other tax advantage retirement programs? Tax shelters are always good if they're just there and available. That's why people talk about the Roth IRA, because you should be able to fund a Roth IRA or you can find a way to fund a Roth IRA or a 401k. If you have one of those at work, that's always great to do. But if you're needing to create a business, that gets a little more like potentially complicated. So you want to make sure you're starting or doing the business for the right reasons. And so real estate, for example, is, you know, a business people start and a lot of times they start it strictly for tax reasons. And so I would typically discourage doing things strictly for tax reasons, starting a business. If you're just doing it for tax reasons, what's going to happen is the business will potentially, you might get lucky and love it, but like running a business more than likely fry you out and you're going to be like, what am I doing this for? Like True. it's not worth the money or the time. I mean. So I would say, yes, those are great to do, but like, I mean, you can do a simple business. Like if you're just talking about doing shifts on the side, you're already doing them and they'll let you take it as 1099 independent contractor versus W-2. That's pretty simple and straightforward. And that's a great thing to try to maximize tax shelters. The other thing too, is those rules get a little more complicated 
when you're talking about multiple business 401ks, like combining different retirement plans. There's a really good article Why Code Investor wrote on like dealing with multiple retirement plans and making sure you maximize all of them. So maybe we could link to that one in case you guys are curious about that. But like, by all means, now is a great time to make sure you're maximizing all these easy tax shelters that you have. Okay. Another thing that come into play that's of value, depending on circumstances, this would be especially worthwhile strategy to think about is if you're probably in training maybe, and your income is lower now and it's about to go up. So if you're in training and you happen to have pre-tax retirement accounts and the market is down, plus your tax bracket is low and you happen to have a pre-tax account, that's like a potential home run scenario for Roth conversions. Okay. Roth conversion is where you're basically saying, I want to turn my pre-tax account into after-tax Roth. And, you know, you can do that, but you have to pay the tax on it. So it's like, well, if you're in a really uh, low tax bracket now and the account just got devalued by 25% and you know you're going to be in a big tax bracket in the future, that's a really good tax move to do, especially now that the market's down. That so that's sense. something It makes Roth conversions much more appealing the further the market goes down. I know you and I had kind of talked about those things before and you said it's not rocket science, but you have to know what you're doing. To me, it would be easier to have a financial planner help with those things. Those are just things that I haven't been trained on. And I think a lot of physicians haven't. Do you mm. help a lot of people with those types of moves as a financial planner? Yeah, they we're kind of like the quarterback for all those. So most of the people okay. we work with are like, I mean, we have our fair share of clients that are really into this stuff. And they're fun to work with because they like, you can like geek out about it. But most people we work with are like, ah, just tell me what to do and help take as much off my plate as you can. Cause like, I'm really busy. I don't have a lot of mental energy. <laughs> when I get home, I'm kind of like fried. It'd be nice if you could like take this backdoor Roth conversion, blah, 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 whatever stuff off of our plate. So that's not everyone, like not everybody wants to like outsource, but I think a fair amount of people do. And that's, you know, we can take those things off people's plate. That makes sense. I think definitely where a financial planner would come in mm -hmm. and save the day, at least for me. <laughs> yeah. And I think especially when the markets get a little scary, I've felt the temptation even myself, like with my own stuff, it's like you start to feel temptations to do something different. It feels like it's broken, but it's nice to have a little accountability. You know, money's kind of weird to talk about with just anybody. So a lot of people we work with are kind of just like saying, hey, we good? <laughs> we still sticking to this plan, right? You know, they're kind of like double checking. And, you know, <laughs> it's kind of nice to have that reassurance. I'm sure your phone rings more during these economic downtimes than they do during the good times. Everybody probably yeah. wants your advice a little bit more than what they yeah. thought they needed a year ago. Fear is motivational. True. Unfortunately. But the another thing is don't watch the news. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the, always the, good advice. The worse it gets, especially. But we're doing a podcast later today on mindset. And I think that's super interesting. Like mindset is important, especially when you kind of go into this sort of, you gotta have your mind right, like to work through all this. And the news is not good for your mindset. That's what made me think of it. So I know you've been doing some more with like live shows and kind of branching mm -hmm. out a little bit. Can you tell us what's going on there? Yeah, we are doing a live show every third Tuesday of every month at 
three o'clock Eastern time. And we can put in a link to register for that. Yeah, we do the live show every third Tuesday. And basically we're bringing on experts or a lot of times other physicians and talking about different topics. We did a lot of research with the people we work with on like the challenges they're facing in money and life as a physician. And so we use that to kind of build out like a content agenda. And then now we're bringing on people like for each topic to talk about, you know, the specific topic. So like today we're talking about how using mindset as a tool to fight burnout and, you know, live a better life. So that's what we're covering today as we're recording. This happens to be the third Tuesday of the month. So the format is we do like Q and A. So that's kind of a nice thing too, is we can get like live questions coming in as we're talking. So, you know, we can bring those up to the guests and it's been a fun format. I really enjoy it. That's wonderful. Well, I know you can't give individual advice on a show like this. Obviously, mm -hmm. everybody's circumstance is different, but any general rules of thumb to kind of help us get through the next six to 12 months of what we might see as an economic downturn, if that happens? Yeah. So I think, as I've mentioned, number one is if you don't have a financial plan, got to have a financial plan, hire help or do it yourself. There's lots of great tools to help you do it yourself better. Whichever direction you go, like having a plan is hugely important, especially when it gets dicey. When you do a plan, like I was talking about that investment plan thing, especially if you're doing it yourself, when you actually write it, you're like, this is kind of stupid. I'm writing this and it's like for myself and like, am I really going to look at it later? And it's like, here's the policy you're going to use for yourself when you manage your own investments. When it gets kind of weird and scary and dicey, it's very helpful and you forget. And as that plays out, refer back to it. So that's the second thing is refer back to your plan and do your best to follow it or make tweaks if you need to, based on your life circumstance. And then think about some of these little things that I was talking about, like efficiency hacks kind of things. Like if you have cash sitting around, like interest rates, you know, obviously are going up. So make sure you're getting a good yield on that. Job wise, like I think inflation, I don't know how that's going to work with physician compensation, but I would be paying close attention to my compensation and that sort of thing to kind of, I know that depends a lot on reimbursements, which I guess they've gone the reverse of inflation, but, you know, paying attention to compensation and employment agreements, I think it's a good season to be kind of looking at that. But other than that, like the plan is key. Like anything when you're planning, like the plan becomes especially important when things get like off course a little. So you're like, well, let's bring this thing back on course. <laughs> Makes sense. If someone wanted to get in touch with you and maybe have you help them develop a plan, how would they get in touch with you, Daniel? You can go to our, uh, Planning firm website is probably the best place. It's www.renfinancial.com. And we have multiple CFPs. I actually, I don't work with clients one-on-one, -on -one, you know, as much anymore. Every once in a while I do, but I'm too busy doing podcasts, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we have fantastic CFPs and we work virtually. So we do, you know, intro calls and you can schedule one of those through the website. Awesome. Well, Daniel, thanks for being on. And I would invite yeah. everyone to listen to your shows, Financial Vitals, that come out twice a week. Hope to have you back here in the next few months again. Yeah, thanks, Tammy. All right, thanks, Daniel. And thanks mm. to everybody for listening again to Grand Rounds. See you next week. If you're ready to start boosting your earning power with locums, head over to weatherbyhealthcare.com slash payday to learn more.